Thanks for tuning in this week. Thanks for joining me with All In or All Out. Uh, My name is Kevin Harris. I look forward to doing this every week. Uh, really, uh, it really helps me and in, in my recovery and just in, in my life in general to be able to uh, do something like this and to be able to uh, give back and to be able to share um, my story and my experience and my strength and hope. And uh, if there is uh, someone that you know that uh, could use uh, some of the topics we talked about or to hear my story, I'd appreciate it if you'd share it with any family, friends, or anyone. Uh, that'd mean a lot to me. Uh, so let's get started. So this week, we're going to talk about shame and guilt. Uh, they pretty much go hand in hand. They're the same thing. Uh, I did define them as I was telling my uh, mentor uh, what I was going to be talking about. He's like, which one do you lean more towards? Shame or guilt? And I'm like, uh, it got me thinking, well, are they are pretty much the same, right? So, but they are, but we normally, uh, phrase them together or, um, something like that. Um, so if you look up the word shame in the dictionary, it says a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong foolish behavior now <laughs> when when i wrote when i looked that up and was reading that uh when it ended with the foolish behavior the first thing that came to my mind was uh four weeks ago uh when i was acting a fool on the four-wheeler and uh flipped it and threw me off and broke my collarbone uh it was a very shameful moment uh very scary moment but uh, that was the first thing that, that came to my mind. But shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong, foolish behavior. So shame, it talks about it being a feeling. And for the most part, same thing with guilt. It is an emotional state where we experience conflict at having done something that we believe we should not have done. So they both basically are the same thing. Talk about a, you know, your feeling, emotion, you know, state of mind of doing something wrong, basically that we know is wrong, and um, and and having remorse and and uh, and and feeling bad about it. So shame and guilt. Uh, I'll, I'll share a story about. Uh, I'm not sure if I shared it on here or not, but when. When I uh, first got out of out of jail uh, nine years ago, my my sentencing was six months in rehab and then uh, two years of drug court. So I, I went to rehab, and I can remember I was up in uh, I, it was north of where I live, about forty five miles. So it wasn't like I really knew anybody there, but I remember one day going into a Walmart, and when I was in that Walmart. I just felt it, it felt weird. I, I, even though nobody really was, but I felt like people were staring at me. I felt like people were looking at me, like uh, something was wrong or something was different. 
but what it was, I, I just, I, I was shameful uh, of what I'd done, uh, where I'd been, where I was at. You know, I, I was feeling a lot of that guilt uh, being there. And and so it, it played out as, you know, in my mind, I felt like everybody knew that I'd screwed up and, you know, I was up there to be in rehab and, you know, and, and so I was very shameful. And I remember once I, I got back to uh, my hometown to start drug court, uh, I remember man, when I was first in it, like I would leave the house, I'd go straight to, you know, my class to get a drug test or straight to work after a group, uh, straight home. You know, if I had to stop to get gas, I'd only stop to get gas and then leave. Like, man, I, I was so, so scared of running into someone uh, that I might know or might know what I did and, you know, afraid that, you know, they'd point at me or make fun of me, laugh at me, whatever. But it, it was it was a shame and guilt uh, that I was feeling, man. It, it had me paralyzed, uh, had me so, um, man, it just had me so, uh, trapped in my own head, trapped that, that, you know, I, I was worthless and, and that's what it does to us, man, that, that shame and guilt will keep us tied down, tied up and, and, and live in fear, fear of people talking about us, fear of people uh, making fun of us, uh, whatever the case may be. So. And, and, you know, it, I can only imagine it, at some point in time we've all have felt a little shame or guilt um, of something that we've done, um, you know, and it don't have to be something, you know, extravagant as, as me breaking into a church and, you know, stealing money and credit cards and, you know, using those credit cards and whatnot. So it, it doesn't have to be something like that but I, I think it, at some point we all have felt a little shame or guilt for something we had done and 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 for some of us we you know we didn't mean to do it but we still feel guilty for it uh, so w- what I want to talk about is how do we deal with the shame and guilt like what do we do to deal with it so number one we embrace the fact that we are human Embrace the fact that you're human. I, I know I, I feel like I'm beating, you know, beating a dead horse here, and I and I keep talking about this, but we are going to make mistakes. We are human. It's in our DNA. Like, if you ever question that or are not sure about that, look at a kid. Like my son, I never had to teach him to lie, teach him to not share, or, you know, as he was a little kid, like, he wouldn't share his toys, you know, and, man, with my kid, like, if he did something wrong, like, to get him to apologize to that person or to someone for doing something wrong, oh, it was like pulling teeth, man, that kid would not apologize for nothing, so, you know, at an early age, we automatically know how to do wrong. Like, we already make mistakes. You know, that's why when you're being raised, you know, your parents hopefully teach you manners. Uh, you know, for my, my parents, they taught me, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. Uh, be respectful. Uh, no, those are, unfortunately, those are things we have to teach. 
you know, teach right from wrong and, and teach what's good and teach, no, that's bad, don't do that. So, you know, we're human. We're going to make mistakes, you know, and, and we need to be humble about it. We need to own it. You know, no reason to, you know, you know my feelings on excuses. No reason to make excuses for it. Just own it, man. I, I messed up. E- even when I broke into the church, yeah, I was strung out on meth and, you know, was high and everything else. But at the end of the day, I chose to get high. So whatever me getting high resulted in, that's on me. It ain't because I was high. It's because I chose to get high. I made that decision. And that's on me. And, you know, and I, I did a foolish thing. I did something stupid. I mean, it seems to be a pattern doing foolish things, huh? Just ask my wife. She could tell you a few more. Um, so we need to, you know, humble ourselves and own those mistakes. You know, we need to own them. We're going to make them. So own them. Nobody's perfect. Only one person walked on this earth perfect, and that was Jesus Christ. So we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. So we need to embrace the fact that we are human. All right? So the first thing we do, embrace the fact that we are human. All right, number two. And and this is something I tell my kids all the time. You live and you learn. You know, live and learn. You're going to make mistakes, so learn from those mistakes. You know, we talked about failing forward. Learn from your mistakes. You know, do different. I tell my kids all the time when they mess up, you live and you learn. You know, sometimes it's self-inflicted, sometimes it's not. But whatever the case may be, you live and you learn. You know, uh, one of the things that while I was in drug court, um... We did a thing called drug history. I don't know if I've talked about this or not, but uh, we did a drug history thing where you get up in front of everybody and you write on this whiteboard, you know, what age you started using, you know, what age you got clean and when you did drugs and when you, you know, picked up a new drug or whatever the case, like you start, you know, at your youngest age and go all the way to however old you were. And you'd have this history of when you used, the events that surrounded it, when you got clean, the events that surrounded, you know, all that. You'd write, you know, your age, you know, what happened and what was going on in your life. And so when, when we did that or when I did that, like I, I learned a lot. You know, I, I learned it when something don't go my way or if I get my feelings hurt or, you know, it, it just not what I thought it was going to be like I. I feel like I, I took a, a big blow to my ego or, or whatever the case. That's when I relapsed. That's when things got worse. You know, the death of my daughter. I used that for a long time. Um, you know, uh, some of my marriages, uh, things like that. So I learned, like, at you know, when I was at uh, uh, this minute working at this transitional house, uh, and it didn't go my way, you know, ended, you know, ended with me relapsing because I got my feelings hurt. Um, so I, I learned from those things. You know, as far as my marriage, like, you know, one of my marriages, I <clears throat> I think I've shared, but like when I met her, she drank and I was sober. So I'm like, oh, it's no big deal. I wasn't a big drinker. We get together, you know, and then find out she smokes pot. No, nah, no big deal. 
you know, I can still manage it. We get married, find out she does other things. Uh, and I, you know, I, I set myself up for failure. I surrounded myself with the things I was trying to stay clean and, and sober from. And, uh, and all it took was one bad day and I had easy access and end up relapsing. So I learned from that. And uh, with my wife now, Desi, uh, when we were dating, we, we sat down, had a conversation uh, you know, I, I shared some of those things and said, Hey, you know, I, I just can't be around it. And I'm not saying that she did any of that stuff. Uh, but I was letting her know, like, that's just not, you know, for me, I can't go out, have a nice meal, drink a glass of wine or have a beer with it. It, it just doesn't work that way for me. Now I'm not saying that that's wrong or you can't do that for me. I can't do that. And I can't be around that. I can't be married to someone who does that. Uh, because it's just too much of uh, of a trigger for me, and I'd, I'd rather find someone who's okay with that and who, you know, will love me for that, and, and she did. So we had that conversation. Um, so I, I learned from that, you know, you live and you learn. Um, you know, I heard, you know, it's like when, uh, when I was little, I remember I was nine or ten, and uh, I was at the river with my brother, and uh, uh, he pushed me down, and I, I cut my shin on a rock uh, in the river. And, man, it was a big gash, bleeding, you know, the whole thing. Probably should have got stitches, but we didn't. Um, but, you know, as that thing started healing, uh, it was starting to scab over, you know. But, you know, it like anybody that has scabs, my wife gets them to me all the time. You know, I scratch them, pick at them, whatever, and it starts bleeding again. Uh, but eventually when it heals, you know, it turns into a scar. So when I look at my shin now, I see that scar and I'm reminded of what happened. You know, so we'll have scars. We live and we learn and, and we'll have scars from our past, you know, as a reminder but what we don't want to do is dwell on them. Like we want to remember them. We want to learn from them. But we don't want to dwell on them. So we live and we learn. So we learn from our mistakes. Uh, number three, we hold our head high. Now this one was hard for me to finally get. Hard for me to do. Man, I, I'm telling you, I... I, I just sitting there when I was in rehab one time I wrote all this out and I can't find the notebook but I just remember sitting there and writing what was on my mind and thinking man when I made the six o'clock news when Fox 5 and Channel 2 and all them you know shared my my story of breaking into the church and, and did a report on it like when people are sitting there watching that what 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 do you think you know what was going through their mind did they see that and be like, man, what scum of the earth would break into a church? Or what idiot would break into a church? Who breaks into a church? Man, is this some Satan worshiper breaking into a church? Like, I mean, all these thoughts, all these things of everything, you know, went through my mind of what people might think or what they thought or, or whatever the case may be, man. And, and, and that's what, you know, those kind of thoughts kept my kept my head down you know kept the shame and guilt you know weighing down on me you know 
But what I realized was to hold my head up was to look at the cross. Like to look up at the cross and see what Jesus Christ did on that cross for me. You know, the scars that he has on his hands, his feet. You know, he did that for me, for you, for everyone. So for me to hold my head up, I have to look up to Jesus. I have to look up to Jesus on the cross and know that he did that for me. When he said to tell us die, it is finished. It was finished then. It's finished now. It's finished in the future. It's finished. Like it's done. It's over with. The shame, this guilt I have, I, I don't need it. Yeah, I have scars remind me of the past. Jesus had scars when he was before Andrew and them doubting or doubting Thomas when, you know, had to put his fingers in, in the scars to know that that was really him, like to remind her of what he did for him. You know, that that's what we should be looking at. Like these scars are a reminder, but we're to hold our head up. Hold our head up high. No, we have something greater to look forward to, something greater to look to, to keep our head up and know that we're going to make mistakes. That's why. To tell us that it's finished, we're going to make mistakes. So we learn from them and then we look up. We keep our head held high. That shame and guilt can't weigh us down when we're eyes are fixed on the cross. So number three, we hold our head up high and we look at that. And, and you know, and I say this because my, my faith has gotten me through this. And, and I know, you know, my God is, is using this story and my story and, and everything. And know, and, you know, if that's not, you know, what you believe, you know, just know that just know that he, he's there for you even though you may not know it or feel it, but you can look your head up, lift your head up, lift your eyes up, and fix them on Jesus for what he done for us. All right, number four. We help others. We help others. That's what, if you've ever been through the rooms and, you know, in AA and NA and all these and part, part of the... Um, you know, part of your uh, steps is, is to help others, man. We service work, you know, help help others that have been where we've been. You know, you do that by sharing your story. You know, you want to help them. And, and, I, and I get caught up sometimes with my kids. I don't want to see them make the same mistakes that I make. And I try and I try. Some, for some of us, we're just going to have to learn from the, the school of hard knocks, which which I did. But, you know, I, I try to help my kids to see uh, not to make the same mistakes I did. You know, I have a couple people I'm working with now um, uh, who are going through recovery. Uh, you know, I, I serve at, at students at church, you know, to help the young young kids that, that are going, you know, through school and, and dealing with some of the stuff that I did. So we help others. That's how we... That's number four uh, of dealing with this shame and guilt is helping others. Because I was telling a lady at the store today, um, you know, part of what gets me through my recovery 
is serving, is helping others. When I, when I keep my eyes, you know, my, my mind fixed on helping others, it keeps the focus off of me. Because, see, when I'm using, I'm selfish. I'm all about Kevin. You know, I'm all about where am I going to get my next fix? You know, what can I steal? What can I do to make money? Or or whatever the case is. Very selfish of me. But when, I, but when I'm helping others, it helps keep my focus on teaching and helping them to learn from my mistakes. And it keeps it off of me. It keeps the attention off of me. And then the last and final thing is we stay in the moment. We stay in the moment. We can't do, we can't dwell on our past. We can't worry about the future. You know, we have to stay in the moment. We have to stay present. I heard a quote this week. It said, the only way you can be present in the moment is to surrender a past you can't change and trust God with a future you can't control. Say that again. The only way you can be present in the moment is to surrender a past you can't change and trust God with a future you can't control. So that's how we stay present. We stay present in the moment, you know, knowing that we are, you know, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. You know, you know, we go through this list, you know, to keep to keep the shame and the guilt out. We embrace the fact that we're human. We know we're going to make mistakes. We live and we learn. You know, we see the scars, we're reminded of the scars, but we don't dwell on those scars. We let them be a, a, a teacher. You know, our, our, our best teacher is our last mistake. You know, our best teacher is our last mistake. You know, give, give, you know, put your focus on what you learned from it and not your focus on the past. And then number three, you hold your head high up. You hold your head high. You look to the cross. You look up to see that Jesus nail-scarred hands are there for us. You know, all that shame and guilt that we're feeling, He took that to the cross with Him. It's not it's not our cross to bear. It was His cross to bear. And if we think that we're better than anybody else and we're better than Jesus, that you know, every time we make a mistake, we need Him to come back down and climb back up on that cross and die again for our sins, then we're crazy. Because when he said to Telestai, it is finished. It was finished then. It was finished forever. So there's no need. No need for us to dwell on that shame and that guilt and our past and things that's dragging us down, that's keeping our head heavy and down and low. We're to look up to him and fix our eyes on him. And then number four, we help others. We share our story. You know, try to help people learn from our mistakes so they don't have to go through it you know we and people are going through it then we walk with them through their shame and guilt 
and share our experience, strength, and hope to help them get in it. And then we stay in the moment. And I'll say it again. The only way you can be present in the moment is to surrender a past you can't change and trust God with a future you can't control. Thanks for listening. When it comes to shame and guilt, you're either all in or you're all out.